Okay, welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined by my co-host, LaDonna Loki. LaDonna, what's going on? Not much. Good to be here (laughs) again. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. And uh, joining us again, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Hello. Hey. (laughs) Um, So yeah, let's just get right into it, uh, because I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about this week. Uh. Big news, the biggest diplomatic news, at least, uh, this week uh, was the announcement that uh, Trump and Kim Jong-un are going to have a (laughs) face-to-face meeting to talk about uh, nuclear disarmament. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Well, Uh, what's the expression? Only Nixon could go to China? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I think the first thing I read was uh, that Dennis Rodman had somehow orchestrated this. And I was just like... (laughs) It, it kind of makes sense. It's 2018. If anyone's so. going to fucking bring them together, it's Dennis Rodman. And, you know, and that's probably like the only reason it would happen. Country. <laughs> it's Dennis like, Rodman. Yeah, Den- Dennis Rodman probably called up Trump and was like, hey, you know what you should do? And Trump's like, yeah, I'll t- I, trust, I trust Dennis Rodman. <laughs> probably the only person he trusts more than any other actual diplomat. He actually has been talking about this for years, like that that somebody should meet with them. And, and you know, of course, not really understanding the protocol behind why presidents haven't been meeting with them. Yeah. Um, You know, I I think that's largely like, I, I, I've heard that argument a lot this week and I think it's largely kind of like establishment, uh, bullshit. Like, like I understand that you do need to sometimes set terms. I don't think you can approach this the way you approach every other negotiation. Like I think just meeting with, there's no harm in like, Setting a meet, you know what I mean? It's not like he's going to have his prominence raised by uh, meeting with Donald Trump. Like you're, you're not giving them anything in exchange for this, you know. I, I don't know. I mean, I think the only thing this could lead to is nuclear war. No, no, I, no. I, I <laughs> generally that. don't like you know, <laughs> barring any kind of major catastrophe. I can't see this not being at least an attempt at a positive outcome. Yeah, I actually tend to agree with you. I, I find myself in this awkward position lately of supporting things Trump's doing. <laughs> it's like, this is one more. I, you know, I don't... Or I don't tariffs necess- or things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily think this is wrong here. I kind of think, yeah, you know, what does it hurt to, to talk with someone? My God, the only thing that's wrong with the people of North Korea is they're fucking starving. You know what yeah. I mean? They're they're and, in such yeah, poverty. If we can help them in some so, way, you know. Uh, one of the uh, one of the things that the Department of State has is a uh, where, where I work is a, a a travel website, and they have travel advisories. And there's really no country you can't go to, but they do say like, hey, you should be aware if you go to Saudi Arabia and uh, you're gay, they'll behead you. You know things like right. that. <laughs> uh, and there's not a lot of editorializing in Poor what's atheist. written there, except for North Korea. There's a section that says, just so you know, the people there are starving because they're spending all their money on nukes, and I'm like. Like, 
where have I heard of a country like that? Oh, Maybe wow. America, <laughs> where 40 million people can't afford to feed themselves. They're on food stamps while we have the largest nuclear arsenal in the world. Uh, you know, we're bombing Yemen uh, with $100,000 missiles. We're, we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars per, per, per sortie, you know, per flight to bomb people that earn less yeah. than a dollar a day. And it's like, oh, but but no other country is allowed to have nuclear weapons and, <laughs> and they're not allowed to have poor people, you know? I mean, I think North Korea definitely is fucked up. They, oh, yeah, but... It's basically a, a cult devoted to whoever the ruler is and they have no outside media, they have no democracy at all. But they're also a paper tiger. I mean, I, I think this this notion that they're this this imminent threat to us is is kind of ridiculous. And I think that obviously they have some nuclear capabilities, and, and South Korea is in extreme danger, which is why we shouldn't fucking provoke them. But mm-hmm. they oh, would never getting along better. Though. <laughs> no, I know. I, yeah. it, it would, like it's we're we're we're, we're it seems like we're kind of reaching this this point of of like a, an opening for diplomacy. So mm-hmm. for all yeah, the establishment I, I don't, I don't, idiots to be like you know, um, shitting all over this and acting like, oh, well, Trump's an idiot and he, he didn't see, he's not going to set terms <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. All, all, all we're really hearing is the military industrial complex saying, whoa, 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 don't, don't let him start talking this peace shit. We don't want that. <laughs> I, actually, well, I don't think there's ever, I don't think any, many Americans actually are, are worried about North Korea as a real threat anyway, but. No, I know, but the military-industrial complex would love to start a war with them. You know, it's mm. like, well, technically, we are have always still been at war because we never actually true. never signed a, any kind of peace agreement. It was just like a what was it called? Technically, the armistice Detente? or something. Armis- armistice. What is totally unprecedented? What is? So I, I, I wanted to play a clip. For, <laughs> to start I was like somebody else just joined the podcast. <laughs> um, I, I want to play a clip from Rachel Maddow uh, regarding this uh, because this is just to me. I mean, she's been just beyond insufferable since the election uh, and <laughs> maybe arguably for several years. But, I haven't heard her for a long time, so this might be shocking um, to me, honestly. Th- this is just so fucking stupid and her twisting herself into a mental pretzel to try to be anti-Trump about oh, something that's right. ostensibly let's, a good thing. Let's hear her brain worms. <laughs> yeah, let's... let's. What is totally unprecedented, what is brand new, is the announcement tonight that for the first time ever, a sitting U.S. president will meet himself with the dictator of North Korea. Trump and Kim Jong-un meeting personally and directly, according to tonight's announcement, and planning to do so, reportedly, just a few weeks from now. Now, you might imagine another president in this circumstance. Kim Jong-un makes a, makes a request. Do you want to meet? You might, you might think like another president in this circumstance, you can imagine a president asking himself or herself, why has no other American president ever agreed to do this? Why has no sitting American president ever met with a leader from North Korea? Why has that never happened in all the decades North Korea has existed as a nation? Why, why hasn't any other president ever done? Should I take that to mean that this might be a particularly risky so or even an unwise move? See, I, I think that's how most presidents would approach the idea of a personal presidential meeting with the North Korean dictator. I think a lot of people probably suspect tonight that those are not the kinds of questions that this president asked himself uh, before agreeing to this meeting. But this is the president we have, and he said yes to North Korea. She didn't say yes. anything. <laughs> okay, here, here's the, here's the insanity. Is she just fucking didn't say anything. <laughs> when, 
when Obama did this this deal with Iran to prevent nuclear proliferation in Iran, all the right wingers flipped the fuck out and said, "You don't you don't make friends with people like that." And all the, the Democrats said, "Well, yeah, you do have to use diplomacy. That's how you you don't make friends with your friends. You try to make friends with your enemies, and yeah. you used." And then the one of the smartest that he tries he's to ever do said. The yeah. same fucking thing. Uh, the liberals are just like, no, 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 no. They she, can't do that. You can't do that. He can't do that. She she just talked herself into a fucking pretzel, and she didn't say why it's a bad thing. She just can't help the fact that she she thinks that this fucking miss fucking Rhodes Scholar. Why do you think no other president has met with a North Korean dictator? Huh? Maybe because we fucking slaughtered you know half of their population you know not too long ago, and then in the intervening years since, uh, we've had a fucking huge. Uh, push from the military industrial complex not to make peace with North Korea. Mm-hmm. Not to mention we've had conservative uh, presidents for most of the time since the Korean War. So it's like, what, what, <clears throat> gee, I fucking wonder why. You know, the funny part is Trump supporters right now are fucking dancing. They're so happy because this is exactly <laughs> this good. exactly why they put him in there. Uh, they yeah. put him in there yeah. to do the things that no other president would do. I mean, they, it was a vote between what they perceived as more of the status quo and the same old shit or let's shake it up a little. Let's right. do something different. Well, and, and I think a lot of those people, if Trump said we're going to bomb North Korea, they would also sure, sure though. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, that's also But the yeah, case. they, they kind of just they're going to they're going to like whatever he does because they think that he is somehow uh on their side. So if he decides to do diplomacy, then it's for a good reason. If he decides to do war, it's for a good reason. But that, I mean, that's that confirmation bias is not unique. To it everybody. might even just be the entertainment factor. I'm not sure anymore. You know, we're so into like, you know, <laughs> yeah. bloodlust and, you know, the, the sport of um, taking down opponents now that, you know, on both sides, you know, liberals are doing it and conservatives are doing it. It's, it's, um, it's, it's become so theater. Like, it's so absurd to me how her fucking just moronic. She's supposed to be a Rhodes Scholar, and she can't figure out why no other president, you know, has of met with she North. Can. Yeah, I know. She's just fucking. You know, she's was, playing to her Bill, audience. Bill Clinton went to North Korea to get the fucking hostages or whoever the fuck it was back, and there's a picture of him with uh, the other, the guy mm-hmm. that, that they're sitting right next to each other. So, yeah, so it's not even, it's not even it's really like, true what she said, but um, yeah. And, you know, what I have appreciated about Maddow is that she takes something, you know, that that the average person isn't paying attention to and she kind of walks people through it step by step. But but it's the same thing that drives me insane about her because she takes so long to say something that you could say in like three sentences. She'll spend like a 30 minute segment well, on it. Well, if Russia is something the average person isn't talking about, then yeah, she's definitely taking her viewers <laughs> through that uh, on a well, nightly basis. Yeah, but other it, than that, she, she uses her, her words and her smarts to make up bullshit that sounds very credible because she goes on and on about it for 45 minutes a night. Well, the funny part is they're not even saying anything. The way that she presents it is as questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, well, she doesn't actually say anything. Say anything. She didn't give yeah. an opinion. She didn't say why this is a bad thing. She didn't say yeah. why this is a good thing. Like, just, yeah, it's, oh, it, that's That's kind of the, the um, what news has turned into is just innuendo. It's like, well, we can't say this isn't true. Uh, sources say that this might be true. Well, that's good enough. Let's put it on there. She might look like an idiot later on if it winds up going really well. And she says, why the fuck would you do that? You know what I mean? And really yeah. takes a stance on it. So so she's not going to do that. She's just going to say, well, you know, of course, why wouldn't, why didn't all the other presidents do it? There's a, there's got to be a reason. And therefore Trump's an idiot for not looking at that reason. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Tune in every night at nine for Rachel <laughs> for the Rachel Maddow show on MSNBC. I'm sure this week she'll just be talking, you know, about some hard hitting news about, uh, you know, Stormy Daniels or some fucking bullshit for you know forty minutes with some Russian talk. I'm still talk I'm in trying there. to understand that one. Like, what did what's aside from the uh, he, the he, press he secretary porn star? Like, I, who knows? Who cares? Yeah. Like, I, I just. It, that's all the fucking media is talking about on cable news and on like indep- some independent news. TYT spends way too much time on the mm-hmm. Stormy Daniels bullshit. It's like nobody cares. Clearly, it's not going to affect him. They're not going to impeach him over this. Yeah. It's not well, the 90s anymore. All, all of the reporting is like, look how much Trump cares. And it's like, well, yeah, you would care yeah. if that was if it was you. They He's knew also admitted who he to was. cheating on like three of his wives. Exactly. So it's not, this is not new was. news. Yeah, when they elected him, all of his people knew. I mean, you knew with the grab him by the pussy. If you don't, if you need anything beyond that to tell you who he is, <laughs> yeah, really. Like, I mean. like, there's nothing new that could be added to that that would make me go, "Oh my god!" Like, no. And to some of his voters, that's not the bug. That's the feature. You know, like that's that's what they <laughs> really? like about him uh, is that he talks like they talk. So it yeah. just. It's not, but and but you know, cable news knows that that's not you know moving the needle on any voters. They just love filling their airways with vapid bullshit content because then they don't have to talk about policy. Then they don't have mm-hmm. to talk about the West Virginia teacher strike, which we're going to talk about. Like they just ooh. Wait, they, so MSNBC hasn't been covering the, the Virginia teacher strike? I, I I would love to see an analysis of how many minutes, and I'm sure it's in the, you know, single to double digits uh, <laughs> that they've actually given to that strike since it started. Considering the fucking Democrats didn't give, you know, barely, you know, came out in support of it. Right. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was an illegal strike, so that's usually they won't support it unless it's already been proved. But, you know, Republicans have made it so difficult for uh, for public workers to strike and have made it illegal for, for workers to strike in so many states that it's been almost uh, impossible for about 40 years now. What is yeah. illegal strike? <laughs> it means that the union they, they, can be they fined. They make it illegal for public workers to strike in certain states. That's in my red point. State, well, a lot of it's states, a, actually. It's a strike. So, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's, it, it's, <laughs> the legal it's, it part of it seems like it should matter. be unconstitutional, but <laughs> right. Um, well, and, and originally the the it was a wildcat strike. Even the leaders of the unions didn't support the strike, and the people you know rank and file said, uh, "We're going to do it anyway." You know, if I need permission so to badass. strike or protest, it's not a real protest. Yeah, yeah well, you, exactly. you have to get a permit, and you can protest in this se- <laughs> in this little segregated protest zone away. That's from where everybody. we're going to get to. <laughs> We, we, I mean, we're already there in a lot of, you know, aspects. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so this West Virginia strike uh, is pretty fucking awesome, and, and it makes me really hopeful. Um, you know, as you said, it was a wild car, uh, wildcat, I almost said wild card, uh, wildcat <laughs> strike, uh, and it uh, these teachers in West Virginia, I don't know the exact particulars, but basically their health insurance premiums went up and their raise uh, actually covered less than it did essentially they were going to be making less money than they were previously mm-hmm. based on their premium raise and you know their their yearly raise um and they also hadn't gotten a sizable raise in something like five years so they were like uh, well fuck this we're gonna strike because mm-hmm. we can't even afford to you know <laughs> pay our rent let alone you know not worry about that sort of stuff and just worry about you know teaching your children which you know everyone should fucking realize is insanely important um yeah. And they said, no, look, we want a 5% raise across the board. Um, the, the fucking horrible politicians in West Virginia tried to trick them 
by passing it through the Senate and then uh, saying, okay, go back to work, uh, having every intention to kill it once it got to the House. And it later came out that that was their fucking dirty trick because you can't, you know, go once you go back from a strike, it would make them look bad to, you know, strike again. Right. (laughs) Democrats take note, which are are your fucking budget um, games. But (laughs) so one of the one of the things with. the strike that made it so successful was it wasn't just the teachers. It was all of the school employees, including bus drivers who were not going to work. So logistically without the bus drivers to even get the kids to school, that was even a a bigger factor in, um, you know, so they couldn't bring in substitutes. They couldn't bring anyone else because the the kids were, and they were very well organized at at providing daycare and providing meals for kids that needed, uh, you know, that needed those meals so that no, you know, Republicans will always be like, well, what about the children who need to need the free school lunch? Now you're like, they'll, they'll, they'll totally, you know, uh, <laughs> they'll pretend to care about poor kids. In, oh, of course, know, yeah. In order to break up the the, well, the teachers paid out of their so. pocket for food for those kids. I they think, did during yeah, that they, time. So that was you know that, that's a really important thing, you know, and, and that's that kind of goes back to um, you know the whole idea of of striking back when we used to have factories right in the middle of our cities in the middle of the neighborhoods was you had to have. Uh, you know, get food to the the workers who were occupying the factory. Uh, you had to, uh, you know, have very short supply lines between, um, you know, the picket line and where the workers actually lived. And part of urban sprawl was, you know, part of moving factories way the hell out of the city into the suburbs was to make it way more difficult for workers to do that. You know, and eventually we made it. So they made it. They started moving the factories all the way out of the country. You know, to make sure. You, know, you really um, won't be able to get food if you, yeah, if you go on yeah. strike. In. One of the one of the things a lot of the striking workers would do back in the you know between the, like the eighteen nineties and nineteen thirties was they would they would block the streetcar lines and the streetcar is how everyone got to work back then before everyone owned a private automobile. So they would they would shut down the streetcar lines so that nobody got to work. You know whether you worked in the factory or not, and that was how they would leverage it, uh, their their strike into a general strike. So you can imagine, uh, you know, nowadays, what if those teachers blocked every single freeway in the state of Virginia? That would be about the equivalent of of what they used to do. So, yeah, and you know, the amazing thing to me is that in the end, because they were fucking strong in their convictions, um, they, despite the fact that they got almost no national media attention, no attention from the fucking Democratic Party. Uh, the National Democratic Party, they got their 5% raise. Not only did they get a 5% raise, they got a 5% raise for all public employees in West Virginia, mm-hmm. um, which is fucking amazing. And it was so inspiring to people that Oklahoma, I believe, is in the process of uh, you know negotiating right now. And they said, look, we'll go on strike too if you don't give us a raise. We yeah. need to, you know, we Where haven't got a Bernie? raise. In- Where was Bernie? I didn't notice uh, if he I, was supportive you know, I- or... I, I think he tweeted about it. I don't know that he would, you know, I did. Yeah. He's on the road right now. Um, so I think he already had a bunch of planned uh, events that he had. So I'm not sure if he actually attended any of those um, uh, or any. I don't know if he actually went to Virginia during that time, but I'm, I guarantee he was supportive. Yeah. Normally the, he would have been kind of, you know, out there front and center on something like he that. He actually so. released a statement. Uh, it's, it's short. I'll read it quick. Uh Over a hundred years ago, the coal miners of West Virginia helped lead the struggle in our country for fair wages and dignity on the job. Today, the teachers of West Virginia are carrying on that brave tradition. Uh, There's no more important work than educating our young people. The teachers of West Virginia and the teachers throughout our country deserve decent salaries and affordable health care. I stand with the teachers of West Virginia and their fight for justice and dignity. 
So, I mean, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like um, that he calls back to the, um, you know, the, 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 the original coal mine yeah, strikes the coal in the 20s strikes. and 30s. Because that was basically like open guerrilla warfare between the, the, the union workers and the scabs and the police back then. Well, so. they would fucking kill them. I mean, they would literally like, you know, they would beat the shit out oh, of yeah. them. They'd end up yeah. killing a lot of... We talked a little bit about that last Labor Day, about some of the uh, labor riots. <clears throat> I, I want to do more extended piece on that, maybe this Labor Day. Um, but it's just... Or May Day, maybe. Um, there you go. There you go. Well, you know, the so real, then the I, asked real where, I asked where Bernie was, so where was Hillary? <laughs> <laughs> she had, so, you know, she I, was at Costco, signing her book. I guarantee you, though, the National Democrats, I'm sure Pelosi put out a thing like, let's not talk about it, it's illegal. So I'm sure yeah. even that got don't, him some heat. Don't for talk about statements or, or, yeah. uh, or the union. So I was actually, a uh, little background on me, uh, my, my mother... Uh, was a teacher and was on strike while she was uh, pregnant with me. And there's actually a photo of her pregnant on the picket line uh, on oh, wow. strike with with me. Um, you can't tell she's pregnant in the picture because it was it was very early on. Yeah. Um, and she's being confronted by these two cops that walked up and were like, basically said something like, "You got a permit to, to be standing there or something like that." I think they just wanted to flirt with her actually. But uh, so yeah, there's there's like photo documentation of her. Uh, talking to these two cops while she's on the picket line while she's uh, pregnant with with me, but because of that strike, uh, we had. I mean, I grew up with with you know they had a great wage, we had a great you know middle class family. Uh, I had medical coverage until I was twenty five because of my mother like all of that all those gains were done because um, she refused to work and all of her all of her coworker teachers refused to work. We need yeah. to strike a lot more. We I'm going to, on strike from the strikes. podcast. Yeah. I'm on strike <laughs> next week. We need higher wages. I mean, we, we need, need wages. I, I agree. We need higher wages. We need higher than zero wages. I would, I would appreciate. Um, no, but you know what? This is great. I mean, I think this is a great harbinger of things to come. And maybe we, we've been talking all, you know, like the whole time we've been on the podcast about like, what's, what's it going to take for people to get out into the streets and, I hope that the success of this, regardless of the fact that it got no mainstream coverage, I think a lot of people on social media saw it. Uh, and if Oklahoma goes on strike, I, I think the it, it's the seed is planted. I think well, in the was... general populace that this is a, a successful way to actually increase our wages because the politicians are just not going to fucking do it on their own. They're just not going to do it. This was momentous for another reason. And and I almost want to play it back again, but I don't, I'm not at the controls. Anthony said, I feel hopeful. <laughs> so I'm thinking about this over all the podcasts and all the weeks of, you know, just, you know, talking about the have, Democrats. Have I ever said that? Yeah. No, how, how shitty everything is, how But this awful is nothing that they is. did. This is organized labor. The Democrats didn't do shit. Yeah. Well, we were that talking about, we were, um, I think it was the first one I was on, the first podcast I was on. We were talking about these kids at this school, how, uh, how well-spoken they are and how they're organizing so well. Yeah. And yeah, Anthony, yeah. in the middle of, uh, of LaDonna, you were saying something and Anthony just kind of said we're winning (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah doesn't happen that often (laughs) it doesn't I'm a pessimistic motherfucker but but it's really (laughs) it's really uh, it's a good sign I I, I really think it's a good sign it's a good harbinger of things to come Um, there's a few good signs um I saw in California they're um doing something to register I guess 16 and 17 year olds that are going to be you know old enough to vote uh, in the next election and yeah it and like record numbers 
are wow. you know are coming out. Uh, I think they've done well, like eighty thousand already or something. If you if you read the the uh, analysis of the strike on Jacobin, this is they called it the the biggest labor victory in since nineteen seventy. You know, I mean, the just the wow. Chicago teacher strike in 2012, that was a, an amazing victory. That was also was a, an illegal strike. But that was only a couple of days, you know, to have a strike go on for nine days statewide. That's I mean, yeah. <laughs> that and is to win major. all state employees, a 5 percent increase, not just mm-hmm. the teachers. You know, it almost it almost felt amazing. like they, they caved in and said, well, we'll give a raise to everybody. Almost to make it seem as though the teachers hadn't really been responsible for it, <laughs> right? <laughs> sure, Which is... but but nobody, yeah, nobody's stupid enough to think that. But they, they that was their last. Oh ditch. yeah, well, talk about you know trying to save face and actually winning more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that might have been part of their demands because like, because as you mentioned, like the bus drivers, you know, were uh, striking in solidarity. They wanted solidarity. to make sure all the other employees, <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely you know, got taken care of. And I was like, well, hey, you know, we all need races. So. And you know what? 5% once is fucking nothing. Oh, yeah. I it's know. nothing. I mean, granted, for government workers, sometimes they don't see a raise for a couple years. Sometimes they get like 1% or 3%. But, you know, in the corporate world, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And for teachers, my God, they deserve it. I'm sure that even with that, they're still grossly underpaid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, the police also got a raise, too. That was the only uh, caveat that I was kind of like, that's <sighs> unfortunate. Of course. <clears throat> well, you know, speaking of police, uh, we, we were talking a little off air about um, this uh, guy in, where? What, what state was that? Uh, Asheville? Yeah, I think Asheville, that's a North state. Carolina. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's a state. <laughs> um, who got the shit beaten out of him for jaywalking uh, in the middle of the night when no cars were out. Uh, there's body cam footage. I don't even want to play the audio. It's, it's really tough to listen to, but uh, go go seek it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, but yeah, no, this guy's just crossing the street. Uh, he had some bags, looked like he had been to like the pharmacy or something. And some cop, uh, you know, I, I don't think the beginning of the video makes it clear why they stopped him, I guess, just because he was out late at night and he was black. So, you know, <laughs> automatically suspicious to them. Right. Yeah. Well, he was carrying a bag, too. So oh, and, and he, was jaywalk- yeah. he was jaywalking. I'm sorry. I forgot. Yeah, I'm sorry. He was jaywalking. So, he crossed yeah, boot- it, it, when the crosswalk wasn't lit the, up. The video so. was horrifying. And it doesn't he, he I haven't watched the entire nine minute clip. Um, but basically, they stop him for jaywalking and he's coming home from work. And he basically just says, like, look, don't harass me or just like give me a ticket or something like that. Like he just doesn't want to. He was very, com- he was very compliant. He was not like you know being erratic. He was just like, guys, look, I'll just please just give me a ticket or, you know. And the guy was like, well, you want it? You wanted me to give you a ticket? Or you want to go to jail? And he's like, no, no, just give me a ticket. It's fine. You know, whatever. He, w- meanwhile, you stop a white person for jaywalking, they would have fucking read the cop the riot act. But even you know, he was like, oh no, it's fine. Just look, give me a ticket. I don't want to, you know, I don't want any trouble, man. Just like give me a ticket. And it escalated because the cop just starts fucking grabbing at him and the guy gets freaked out because we've all seen what, you know, white cops do to black people. And the guy got freaked out and started running because he was scared. So um, the cop chasing after him said something like, oh, he thinks it's funny. Yeah, you think it's going to be real funny when we beat the shit out of you? He literally said something to that effect. He's like, well, now we got to teach you a lesson is basically what he said. He's like, well, now we're, (laughs) you know, uh, because we had to run 50 feet to catch you. Yeah, because we're we're fucking lazy motherfuckers who don't want to run. And and this is the thing that bothers me is a lot of liberal uh, police performers think that if you put a a camera on a cop, that's going to change it. No, that just means you can have more snuff films. Basically, and you watch yeah. these. You're watching a camera on the on the cop's chest, and you see his hand, and they're grinding his head into the pavement. 
to, to basically just like carve his his scalp up with. Well, the, then you see him punch him like four or five times, like rapidly in the head. You could see a welt. And that form, like tells you time. the depth of the problem because if they're willing to do that on camera, they Who don't think it's yeah. wrong. They don't think. No, yeah. I mean, or they don't yeah. care because they know they can't be fired. Uh, you right. can a city can fire a cop, and they're uh, they'll have a state arbiter reinstate them two years later with back pay. Why is it the only union that's worth a damn is a police yeah. union? <laughs> they have a fraternal order. Because it's the only or- union that the Republicans support and they're, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> that the moneyed interests support. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the cops protect the fucking corporate interests. So, so, you know. so here's the sick thing about the crime of jaywalking. Jaywalking was a crime that did not exist before the automobile. Before the automobile, for thousands of years, urban streets were where everyone walked. That's, that's how you got around. We had streets for thousands of years. We, Jaywalking, also yeah. called walking. <laughs> so in in the early you know early or late eighteen hundreds, uh, early nineteen hundreds, they had cars starting to drive around, private automobiles, and they were already a nuisance and dangerous even from the start. And they killed people all the time. But at, when it first started, people were outraged. They had protest marches against, you know, a single person dying from being hit by a car. And this is back when cars that could only go about five to 10 miles an hour period. Um, they called it a homicide by automobile. That's what they called it in the newspaper. And there was, it was such a PR problem for the automobile industry and the, and the cab companies. They started to mock people who had been killed, much like the NRA mocks these kids who were trying to speak out against gun violence. And they figured out they needed to come up with a term to uh, to shame people who still walked in the street, as everyone had, had done for thousands of years of urban history. <laughs> and so the they, best they could do was jaywalking. <laughs> right. Well, at the time, it's like one of those terms you don't really understand. But like a jay was somebody from like a like a, a a dummy from the country who didn't know any better and still walked to where the cars were. <laughs> so they had to like to, to flip it to make the idea of walking seem dumb and absurd, like you're from the backwoods, right? But the, but the cops loved it because it was a new way they could bust people for anything yeah. they wanted to. And they could also prevent a lot of labor marches and, and women's uh, suffrage uh, rallies and marches or anarchists. They could just say, well, you're in the street illegally. We have the right to beat the shit out of you now. So they used it to you know make cars predominant as, a, as an industry vehicle mm-hmm. they were trying to sell. And they Wait, also, is this on your whole anti-car thing? Is that really why you know all this? <laughs> it, it's part of that. It's part of that. So Cars are the devil. <laughs> So a lot of uh, a lot of active transit people who are trying to promote you know public transit now talk about that process of how the it took thirty years of lobbying using that term jaywalker to, to get people out of the road so that you could kill someone with your car legally, but it was also and they never they don't talk about this because most of these people are, are are very liberal and don't care about labor organizing. They also don't realize how that was used to uh, prevent people from taking the streets as a, as a form of protest or occupation for women's suffrage or for uh, you know, for labor organizing. So wow. I, I try to kind of like combine that. those histories a little bit. So. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and it makes th- sense when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you see even today, it's like, well, we want to, we want to beat the shit out of this black guy and we need a reason to harass him. So, uh, he, they said he was obstructing traffic. Right. Well, there was no other traffic. There, there wasn't there. a single car that went by yeah. the, during the duration of the video, by the way, it, that it, I saw. You're only obstructing traffic if you sit down on the street to block anyone's progress. If you're walking, you're still traffic. That's the first and original form of traffic there is, is walking everywhere. Oh, and they ta- we, we forgot to mention they tasered him after he was on the ground as the cop was on top of him because he couldn't. The cop was like, put your arms behind your back so we can handcuff you. And he's like, I can't, I can't, I can't breathe. We need I can't some breathe. kind of like an international body to come in and just fucking declare some of this shit out and out torture. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it really is. I mean, we it, do. It, it, we're a fucking third world country when it comes to policing. It's disgusting. Tasering anyone when you already have them in handcuffs or you already have them down or under control. There's no, there's nothing else it is other torture. than torture. Yeah. yeah, and it can kill people. People die every year because they have yeah. Attack, yeah. You're, you're electrocuting them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, but the, yeah, good, the uh, good news, guys, uh, they're, they're they're bringing back the electric chair in Alabama or Kentucky or one of those states. Oh, I don't know if you saw that. I feel that. hopeful. <laughs> Anyone who's seen the movie Green Mile should yeah. know why that's just, yeah. like, what in the fuck? Um, <laughs> what's it called? So, yeah, you know, it was just fucking horrific, but, you know, cops are fucking maniacs in this country, so. There's a <laughs> great documentary, keep... oh, sorry, there's a, um, there go uh, there's a great new documentary film series on Netflix called Flint Town, and it's about sort of the crushing austerity, austerity uh, that's ruined Flint, but it's also about the police there. Primarily, it's about the police, and it definitely humanizes a lot of them, but it also shows just how the system, um, you know, basically turns normal people into being brutal, thoughtless killers. Well, that's you know. what I think. I think that a lot of this, it's not an issue over the individuals themselves in all these cases. I think a lot of the time it's just a lack of training, a lack of proper training, you know, a lack of resources and other things. I don't think that that cops are, you know, in their DNA, uh, bad people or any worse than anyone else. I think some I think, of them are. Well, no, I, it, yeah, I think but some attracts. chefs are, some, yeah, sure. you know, whatever, yeah. uh, you know, for many things. And, and it might, um, you know, attract people that are, you know, more prone to to violence or that kind of thing. I could see that the same way the military would. But I think, you know, there are ways to deal with that from a training perspective. And we just haven't invested in that kind of training. All we invest in is fucking more military equipment to make them, you know, stronger rather than to make them more sensible and not mm-hmm. need to use all that equipment. Yeah, well, they, well, they, you know, it's, they view uh, civic unrest as a tactical problem that can be solved with bigger weapons and, and right. using sonic cannons against peaceful protesters or water cannons against uh, uh, water protectors, you know. And it's not, ju- you know, it's not just the training. And Michael Wood makes this point a lot that it, we have to reform the entire system and make the system accountable to the people because mm-hmm. the system disincentivizes you to uh, be a good cop. It, it right. disincentivizes you reporting on bad behavior of fellow cops. And I think a lot of times the quote unquote good cops just get fed up and say, fuck this. I'm not going to be able to work within the system. And they just leave and they just do something else. And it only leaves the fucking maniacs who are going to tase people and shoot people and beat That's the shit true out of people in for a no reason. A lot of industries, the same is true in sure. financial services. Yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. ethical people, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, no, I can't do the Which things you're asking people? me to do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they're not there anymore. <laughs> Have you guys seen the documentary, uh, let the fire burn? No. Mm-mm. It's about when the Philadelphia police bombed a uh, house of uh, what were fairly radical activists, almost like a little kind of militant offshoot of the Black Panthers. Was that the move thing? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was the move house. And they bombed it. And uh, even though they had fire trucks there, that had been, you know, blasting the house with fire, water, uh, for <laughs> to, to, to flush them out. After they bombed it, the mayor ordered them not to put the fire out. And uh-huh. I think so it was... So just fucking terrorists, basically. Yeah. I remember well, that 16... when I was a kid. Yeah, you remember that, that when was... you were a kid? I do, yeah. That was some scary shit. Yeah, it and burned and down the, the whole neighborhood. And the way that they oh, characterized God. the individuals that were a part of that, it was very different from, you know, the, the story that you hear now <laughs> or when you actually learn reality, about it. At the time, yeah. they characterized it as, you know, basically squatters that were drug addicts that were shitting in the corners 
That right. was like that was what it well, was. Even and if it was, that was the case, know. like what? So so the answer is like let's fucking burn them a lot. Like let's right. let's yeah. kill them. So like. so in the film, there's no um, like talking heads. It's all just the the footage of what happened, and then this um, sort of tribunal that happened shortly afterwards, where of course nobody, no cops got fired for it. But right. there was you know there was a cop who uh, disobeyed orders to run in and grab a, a, a five year old kid uh, who was black. Um, who he was ordered not to go save, and he went and saved that kid anyway. He got harassed for the next two years until he was forced to quit. They wrote uh, N-word lover on his locker. Yeah. Uh, they, they threatened him repeatedly, anonymously, of course, uh, for the act of saving this black kid's life. So you can see what happens to the, the few good people who want to you know, join the law enforcement to save people. They'll get pushed out. Definitely. I mean, I'm just thinking back on that. And like I said, I was, you know, I was young then, but there was zero mention at the time of any kind of a political, you know, platform or activist. Like there there was no mention of an agenda that these people had at all. There just wasn't. You know, it's funny, though, that that just shows you the fucking disdain for poverty that that, you know, media has or that just kind of the elites have is that that was they thought that that was a story worthy enough to justify firebombing their fucking house to get rid of the, like yeah. people were, people would be like, Oh yeah, that's well, fine. They're just a bunch of fucking poor people. So just, you know, set fire, you know, they blow up their fucking, the place they're squatting in. Uh, uh, yeah. No big well, deal. And you know? you know, they interview a lot of the neighbors that generally did have some nuisance complaints. And you know, this was, they were going up on the roof in the middle of the night and with a, a bullhorn and yelling stuff all, all, you know, so they <laughs> yeah. definitely wanted them evicted. But, you know, they they left their neighborhood when the SWAT team comes in and then there was no neighborhood to come back to. They burned down 65 homes. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I, it's not totally related, but this kind of reminds me of Waco. <laughs> and I, yeah. maybe just because I've been watching the uh, Waco miniseries that Paramount was doing, which is real. I highly recommend for anyone uh, listening. Although anyone who watches it should know that they totally gloss over the fact that... Uh, it later came out that David Koresh ordered the Branch Davidians to set fire to their compound. Yeah. So that whole story about the how the you know they were setting fire, how the ATF set fire was bullshit. Yeah. But they were insanely overreaching, and they were also insanely uh, ill prepared, and you know you, everyone knows that story. It's a fucking night, nightmare on all sides. But um, yeah, that was that was an interesting miniseries. People well, should yeah, check and, it out. and you know, it's it's a great documentary. You should definitely check it out. But it's um, you know, it's just tragic because you you see certain cops where they they have decided they're at war with a certain kind of person, mm-hmm. and they'll look for any reason to be a bully. You know, like oh, you crossed the street and didn't cross at a crosswalk. Never mind the fact that jaywalking is is far safer than crossing at a crosswalk, where you're far more likely to actually get hit by a car when they're turning, right? <laughs> Yeah, they just it's it's like whatever they can find, you know. It's it's like uh, well, uh, it's America like, arming other countries and then going, oh, you're a threat now. We have to bomb you. They have a reason for anything. If you're if you're driving a car on the road at that time of night, well, you must be up to no good, right? You must be you know like involved in some kind of partying or something. So if you're riding a bike, you must be dealing drugs. If you're walking, you know what I mean. They oh, they yeah, come yeah. up with a scenario for anything because you know again, if, if breathing while black is <clears throat> is not allowed. Yeah, if you're if you're black on a bike at night, they automatically assume you have drugs on you. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well. So much for the hope. Yeah, <laughs> the no, hope. it's, it's gone already. 
And, you know, nobody ever fucking goes to jail for the well, shit hey, that they do. So. I'll give you something to be hopeful for. Elizabeth Warren, she gave five grand to each of the uh, the Democratic, um, each the of the state states. Parties, yeah, right? each of the state parties. Yeah. So, you know. How, how fucking sad is that, though, <laughs> that, 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 that that's how broke they are, that, that they have to have sitting senators who should be getting money from, you know, their state party or from, you know, the, the, from, the, from the federal party. Don't I, think that that comes without strings attached. This is exactly what Hillary did. <laughs> she put money into the party. And then she expected something for it. It's the same exact thing. So you thing. think that was her setting up her 2020 run? Absolutely. In fact, I think I, I'm, I'm quite sure that they probably said to her, give us some fucking money or we're not going to mm. help you. So uh, I'm so poor that $5,000 actually sounds like a lot of money. but um, <laughs> It actually not. is a lot of money to the <laughs> state is. parties because they get yeah. nothing from the fucking <clears throat> national party yeah. right or, now. Or so. the, it's, it's money they have to spend on the, the pre-approved consultants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we were talking about people not uh, going to jail. Uh, one one other good piece of news from today. Uh, <laughs> fucking shitbag Martin Screlly uh, actually is going to jail, uh, which is fucking awesome. There's another um, good part of the news, though. He had to give up the Wu-Tang album. <laughs> <laughs> it's free again. <laughs> That's beautiful. That is the best part. I really hope that 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 some some courageous uh, person at you know at the DOJ or whoever has that ends up leaking it to the internet <laughs> for everyone else to have. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a whistleblower. I think everyone can get behind. <laughs> I don't think anyone will want to prosecute that person. Um, but so it, it's just funny though because he he's going to jail for seven years uh, for securities frauds because he defrauded a bunch of investors. And again, this goes back to my principle of only you only go to jail when you steal money from rich people. Yeah, Bernie Madoff. Bernie fucking Madoff. Exactly. The only guy who's ever gone to jail for financial crimes. Yeah, he, he ripped off other rich people. Yeah. Because he, yeah. And it's like Martin Screlly didn't go to jail for fucking jacking up the price of HIV medication by 5,000%. Uh, you know, it should have been fucking, uh, you know, uh, tried in a military tribunal almost, I would say, for that. Because uh, you're basically sentencing all these people uh, to death who can't afford right. this medication. Doesn't go to jail for that because that's fucking legal in this horrible backwards country. Uh, but does go to jail when he steals from rich people. But you know what? I'll take it. He's he's one of the worst people we have. I How think, much time is he country. actually going to do though? What did they give him? Seven years? Is he going to do? Like, they gave him seven a years. Month? So mm, I, he'll do a couple of years at least. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, the, the, I, I read some of the the quotes from the uh, from the prosecutors, and they basically said we. Prosecutors wanted him to have 15 years, and they said, we think he's a risk to the public, and he should go away for, you know, uh, uh, over a decade, you know. And, a risk to the public for what? Uh, for uh, robbing the, the rich public, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they really... I don't you know, know, I kind of want to high-five him, pardon me, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, stole scammed a bunch of rich people. people. Uh, uh, you know, Bernie Madoff stole $20 billion, and there was people who... Thought that he wasn't even trading that money because you you know they were giving him money to invest. He was promising this huge return, and he would just keep the money. wouldn't even <laughs> wouldn't even trade it, yeah. you know. And and they were like, "How is he doing this? He's just lying and taking their money." <laughs> I almost respect that a little bit. <laughs> taking, I right? taking rich people's fucking money and just being like, "Well, <laughs> thanks." Um. Yeah. 
<laughs> so the other the other guy who uh, was uh, Kenneth Lay from Enron who who got uh, oh yeah that's convicted. true. But of course he committed suit. So, well, he died just before sentencing, but there was no reason for it other than just I think he like took some pills and killed himself. He died yeah. the way that fucking Bosnian war criminal guy died in the yeah. ICC, <laughs> where he <laughs> just drank poison. He's like I've I've taken poison. <laughs> <laughs> Very matter-of-factly. Uh, that judge, oh man, where he's, he's just like, well, uh, I guess well, I can't really stop anything uh, now. Uh, cl- cl- close the curtains, please. Close the gallery. Um. I just, I would have loved it if you would have tried to find him in contempt. I was like, uh, <laughs> like just to retain some, you, some semblance of control over the court, just to be still in charge. <laughs> Oh, okay, so God. I don't like when the word pussy is used in a derogatory sense, but I'm going to use it here. What kind of a fucking pussy do you have to be to be like, you know, oh, I'm going to go to prison. I better kill myself. Like so many people go there all the time. Well, I think the Bosnian <laughs> war criminal was worried that he would be put into jail with a lot of people uh, who were on the opposite side of his uh War crimes, so I, you know, he probably was like, "Well, <laughs> taking poison's preferable to what the fuck they're gonna do to me in there." But yeah, I but guess. most of the time, it's like, "Yeah, what is, come on." What is with that part of the world in poisoning people? Like, I, <laughs> yeah, Eastern Europe. Got, I don't know. They've got a problem with that. Like, they must look at us and be like, "Those fucking Americans and their guns." But I'm over here like. Why do who poisons people? Like, is it the 1850s still? It would have been a lot more metal if he had just taken out a sidearm and shot himself in the head in the, yeah. in the International Criminal Court yeah. at the Hague. Um, but you know, I, I another thing I wanted to bring up, uh, while we're you know, while we're podcasting, uh, so there was another hopeful note this week, uh, because the Democrats uh, had their meeting coming up uh, regarding the changes recommended by the um, the Unity Commission, Union Reform Commission, and there was an article that uh, The Hill put out yesterday, <laughs> just one day ago, uh, saying that the Dems considering uh, eliminating all superdelegates, which is actually above and beyond the recommendations of the URC. So everyone was like, oh my God, this is amazing. They're actually, you know, <clears throat> the Democrats are considering democracy. You know, it's, it's yeah. pretty nice. That <laughs> at, they at, would... least, at least being as democratic as the Republican Party. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so, you know, everyone got excited about that. So then uh, maybe about eight hours later from the Hill, uh, Democrats put off making any changes to superdelegates. <laughs> so they had their meeting today and they're like, yeah, nah, son, uh, let's, let's just, let's push that off. And then, <laughs> I just fuck. I can't with these fucking assholes. I, I really can't. It's like a joke. It's a joke. Did they do anything the Unity Reform Commission recommended? Like I, anything? I think they pushed everything off until their summer meeting. I, oh my god! <laughs> They're just kicking the can down. So I just want to read you from this the Hill article, a little excerpt. Uh, the DNC said in the report adopted Saturday that the Rules and Bylaws Committee will present its final proposal to the full party later this year. The panel was given six months, starting in late December, to come up with specific actions it would take regarding superdelegates. DNC Chair Tom Perez called the vote Saturday a, quote, milestone. <laughs> the, 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 and this is a Tom Perez quote. The Democratic, the, let me, <clears throat> the Democratic <clears throat> Party is stating loudly and clearly that the status quo will change. <laughs> when our work is complete, our 2020 nomination process will be the most fair and transparent in the history of American presidential politics. That's a real quote? 
That's a real fucking quote. Uh, he, th- those words escaped his fucking lips and his head didn't explode from lying so much. <laughs> I guess all that's saying is that we really haven't had very good, fair or transparent nominating processes. It's like they're trying to sound like Trump. It'll be the most fair and democratic process in the <laughs> This is what happens what? when you give your party, it, when your party is run by a bunch of fucking professional class technocrat lunatics who don't know a thing about fucking speaking to human beings. It's just like, <laughs> what the fuck? What oh. the fuck? So Pelosi with her uh, whole, uh, we're not going to fight for guns or, or against guns or for the dreamers in the next omnibus bill. Such um, a fucking leader, such a leader. Uh, the, so the first thing that, um, the first place I saw that was somebody quote tweeting that and the thing that they wrote above what they were quote tweeting about uh, the article about Pelosi was it just said, learn to read the fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, what you're referring to, uh, Pelosi, gun control and DACA don't need to be in the next government spending bill. So just not, not even like we would like them to be, but we're not going to just they don't need to be like, let's just no, let's not even try to negotiate. Like, let's just fuck. I seriously want to know what dirt the Republicans have on pretty much every Democrat to to make them so. I don't think they have dirt on. I think they're just they sell phone. Yeah, exactly. They're they're the team that's paid to lose against the Harlem Globetrotters every fucking game. They're the Washington Generals. (laughs) And and somehow the fans still show up and like I don't know who's going to win the Harlem Globetrotters or the other. (laughs) And they still fall for it. Like, well, you don't want the Harlem Globetrotters to win again, do you? you better. Washington generals are going to commit to scoring some more points by 2020, I think. <laughs> and then they fucking pull their pants down. Everyone's like, well, that's not fair. That's not okay. Oh, I mean, surely that's traveling. You know, he has to put the ball down to, like, pull the guy's pants down and then fix the ball back up. I mean, come on. Right. Come on, refs. Mm. This is not a fair process. Yeah, you know, even. yeah. So I just I fucking can't with these. But you know what? Like like you were saying, the West Virginia uh, teachers showed us that we just got to do it on our own because they're not going to fucking do it for us. So we got to yeah. just circumvent them and then drag them along, mm-hmm. you know, kicking and screaming, because um, they're never <laughs> never going to represent <laughs> us on their own. Well, and you don't even have to drag them along. You just do it anyway. Yeah, we just do it, and then it's yeah. like, well, it's done. So deal with it. <laughs> exactly. So, um, before we get out of here, do you guys have, I, I forgot to mention it beforehand, uh, but do you, we, we, I would like to do another unpopular opinion <laughs> segment if you guys have one uh, off oh. the top of your head. Uh, I was thinking about it earlier uh, on my own, and I, um, I've i got one that's really like Creed is really still touchy. a good band. That's my own. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, in the last week, they haven't, they haven't dipped at all in the, the charts. So. <laughs> Uh, well, I'd um, have to think, but you guys go ahead. I'll I'll see if I can come up with one while we're. I don't know. I, the only one I have is about somebody who's been uh, accused of some awful shit for a long time, and and I I have doubted what's been said about them, um, despite a lot of the things that uh, are out there right now. But I don't really want to go into details. So, uh, Anthony, well, I, I have I have one, um, and, <clears throat> and I, I kind of mentioned this to you today. I'm really fucking sick of this kind of call out culture on Twitter and on social or on, on, Mm. you know, Buzzfeed, all this stuff. Like there isn't like, so John Favreau, uh, who's a very good director. He directed the first Iron Man movie directed, you know, the lying he's directing the live action Lion King. I think he did the jungle book. He's direct. He directed elf. Great movie. Um, he, 
they they announced that he's going to be doing a live action Star Wars TV series, and immediately the headlines came out like Star Wars uh, under fire for for hiring another you know straight white male director to helm. Ser- I'm like, look, you know what? I I am, and we kind of talked about this off air, comrade. But mm-hmm. like, yeah. I I totally support representation. <clears throat> like, I think it's fucking awesome. That people like Ryan Coogler, who's one of the best directors in Hollywood. Creed is like one of my favorite movies to come out uh, in the sports Wait, genre. So it's your ever. favorite movie and your favorite band? <laughs> <laughs> no, Creed, Creed the movie is fucking awesome. It's 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 it's, it's in the Rocky series. It's, it's really a, good. It's film. not a documentary about the band Creed. It's a different, <laughs> no. Yeah. no, no, not that meta. But um, <laughs> so, and, but he, and he's the guy who directed Black Panther. Like I'm super happy that all like people like him are getting work. You know, Avery Duvernay. <laughs> I am all about representation and I think people should go out of their way. That being said, we don't need to act like every white male straight director that gets work is like a fucking scoundrel because he's taking a job (laughs) away from like, look, maybe he just came in with the best pitch for a series. Like, I'm sorry, you know, Hollywood is a merit based and and there's certainly problems with representation in Hollywood, but it's not the question of whether he came in with the best pitch. It's a question of who even gets access to give pitches. I mean, it goes way beyond that. I, I totally get what true. you're saying. You know what I mean? But like, I just even think, getting access, it's sure. an old boys club. Yeah. Oh, it, it definitely is in, in a lot of ways. And I think that's always been an issue well, just in terms of race in Hollywood, too. The but. biggest issue is Disney bought the, the Star Wars for $4 billion, and they want to make billions and billions more than that everything and they churn out has to be a huge profit yeah. maker and, for them. And so they, they're going to go with who is an established director who can um you know apply their craft to sci-fi or fantasy and is a guaranteed you know a guaranteed success for money you know that's that's what it comes down to but like the thing with star wars is that it's it's one of the most i mean it's always kind of been but especially since it's been rebooted has been one of the most diverse, inclusive, uh, you know, major, you know, big tent franchises. I mean, the lead character of the new Star Wars movies is Rey, you know, a woman. Uh, the like every every main character from these movies is uh, like almost exclusively uh, from a not not a white man. Like, yeah, and they're you know, not. It's not. They're not flat characters. They're characters with depth that everyone likes because they do yeah, have flaws. Like great character. And, like, yeah. It's it's uh, there is complexity to these characters. The other thing is, uh, you know, Kathleen Kennedy is the executive producer of every Star Wars uh, film coming out right now, and she's making actually a lot of creative choices. The the whole. Um, Darth Vader hallway of death scene that was never shot until just a couple of weeks before the film was released because they they realized like they needed to show it not just say it's going to happen like oh he's going to land a boarding party thing and then not show what what happens yeah. so the editor actually pitched it uh, to Kathleen Kennedy and said we need something else here we need to show how violent and brutal this this villain really is and it's you know on top of that whole film Rogue One being pretty good that was the scene that everyone was just like hold like coming yeah. in the theater over like you know cool scene, yeah. <laughs> so you know the, I definitely think that you need to have representation behind the camera and in front of it um, you know Star Wars needs to hire more people uh, more people of color more women uh, but people should if give Ryan Coogler a fucking Star Wars movie I think he'd be a great director for, for yeah. one of the, you know like he's yeah. But it, it, but it's just to me like what I, what I mean specifically is just the immediate outrage machine, and I think a lot of websites just do it for clicks. I mean, a lot of websites just purely you know like Jezebels and sites like that 
just just basically run on this kind of machine of outrage where yeah. they fucking. So, so I, I I have nothing but disdain for Jezebel. Uh, they're ranked lower <laughs> than Breitbart on uh, <laughs> on scales of journalistic ethics. By the way, I don't know if anyone knows that. Nice. Um, and it'll even like you know establishment like piece like uh, outlets <clears throat> like Vanity Fair. Like all they do is immediate jump to you know shitting on it and it's like well why don't we see what this person's series is even about like if it's like oh well that that's a really fucking stupid idea maybe somebody had a better idea but you know i i just i i want representation but i also don't want to act like no like you're immediately disqualified from getting a job if you're a established successful director who happens to be a white male or a white woman or whatever, you know, right. it's just I mean, silly. well, I, like, so I have an employment background. So from an employment perspective, I would say this, if you want someone to be able to, let's say a, a female or a person of color to be able to direct, you know, blockbuster movies, you've got to have, a, you know, a long, um, train of basically talent doing smaller level things to be able to get to that level. And unfortunately, because we didn't do that for so long, because it's been predominantly white men for so long, when you, when you talk to, reason, yeah. yeah, you talk about a blockbuster like that, it's only going to be a handful of people. I'm not <laughs> saying that there aren't any, but you know, you probably count on one or two hands, the number of people that could really get considered for something like that. Um, anything else. And it's too much of a gamble for the, the big studios to want to, well, you know, so, to go after. Well, like there, so, what I think people's counterargument to that would be, and I have a counterargument to that counterargument, but what people's counterargument would be is like, oh, well, they gave Colin Trevorrow, you know, Jurassic World, and he hadn't done anything other than this little indie movie called uh, Results May Vary, or no, what the fuck was it called? Uh, I don't know. It, it was this really good indie movie um, about time travel and like. So he did like one little indie movie and they gave him Jurassic World, which is this huge fucking bajillion dollar, you know, fr you know, franchise. Well, they, um, they, yeah, they want a director who has vision, but they can still pay that director not much money. That's <laughs> the point. Yeah, they want directors who are artistic, but also that they are not going to have to butt heads with. If they bring Steven Spielberg in to do the new Jurassic Park movie, he's going to fucking do what he's going to do. Oh, OK, the studio. So, so I just thought of my uh, unpopular opinion. Um, <laughs> Don't you dare say Steven Spielberg is not a good director. I will stab you through. No, I'm just kidding. Well, all right. So, is that your <laughs> Ready Player One. Oh yeah, it looks oh, pretty bad. I'm not really. I didn't even. I, when I watched that trailer, I was like, "We've got way too many good sci-fi films coming out in the last several years for this piece of shit." And then uh, they did this whole poster. <laughs> thing where they they like altered all oh, these yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and in twitter tort pieces and was just like basically said well at least they're being honest that there is no substance here other than just regurgitating the zeitgeist of your childhood and selling it back to you this is nostalgia on steroids yeah <laughs> and then it's like oh wait steven spielberg squeezed out this turd what in the fuck <laughs> why well, so I, the book <coughs> it's based on is actually really good but it's the, based the on movie. a book yeah yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> But the movie does not look. They 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 clearly just. It, it's a very. Yeah, it, it it's just a nostalgia factory, you know. To like, the book was kind of an interesting idea. Like when it came out, when it wasn't, you know, this this peak of like, let's wring every last dollar we can out of your childhood. Um, but now yeah, it's just. I, like, I mean, fuck, I don't, there, even. I, I like Stranger Things season one, and it definitely was a callback to a lot of things. Everyone likes to say callback instead of ripoff nowadays. But the second season, I was just kind of like, they've got nowhere else to go. 
You know, it's just the same thing. And I, I like the second season. I that like that might be your unpopular too. I like them both. <laughs> I, I, the, the things I like about the second season are the things they did that were original, or the things that they played sure, against yeah. expectation. But you can't just keep, you know, like having a, a playlist of the things that were popular when you were a kid and think that's going to carry it. Oh, I've got mine. Uh, you know, Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that we're all inspiring each other. <laughs> I, th- yeah, I, th- well, um, I think the thing with Stranger... Before we move on, though, the thing with Stranger yeah. Things Season 2 is, like, I loved it, and I think it works... And, and, and except it, for the, the one reason, episode, except for the one. Episode. Well, yes, I, I did not like that episode, <laughs> <It wasn't> and, <laughs> episode nine or eight or whatever it was where <laughs> the, the fucking bank heist. We, oh God. Um, <laughs> but so the reason I like stranger things and despite the fact that it's, it, it can at times be like, Hey, remember this? I don't think it's, it, I don't think it's too winky about it. I don't think it shoves it in your face. It's just like, this happens to be set in the eighties. There's a lot of fun little Easter eggs, but at the heart of it are these characters that have a lot of depth to them that you really care about. So it's okay. If you're just churning out some, you know, soulless bullshit because it's like, Hey, remember, you know, ET and like, here's a movie with ET and Freddy Krueger and the (laughs) iron giant in it. Like literally they're all in the ready player one. Um, (laughs) um, but there's no substance to the characters. Then it's like you're just this is fucking gross yeah, commercial. Even the, even but, the effects yeah. of that uh, trailer for it Ready looks Player yeah, it does not look good. Looks low visually. rent as fuck. Yeah, CGI. Like I, I thought we've I thought we were past this whole like yeah. entire movie shot on a green screen bullshit <laughs> that the fucking you know for sure that so the, the Star the, Wars the one, prequels did. One of my favorite things about uh, Stranger Things season two was how well they played against expectation with Paul Reiser. Because you see oh, him, yeah. and you think he's Burke from Aliens. Well, let's not spoil the whole scene <laughs> in, in case people... But yes, they, they very much used his It's been out past. for how long now? Eh, I mean, but some people... Eh. I, I don't want to be a dick. Like, some people... But yeah, basically, they, yeah. They they play on your expectations of who Paul Reiser has been in other movies right, to make you be yeah. like, oh, well, this guy's a and, fucking scoundrel. And think how many sci-fi films have, have played against the expectation about uh, an AI, you know, ship computer being hell. You know, even the film version of 2010 plays against your expectation that Hal's still going to kill the crew again. <laughs> and if you haven't, if you haven't seen the the film version of or 2010, it is also really good. Roy Shatter does a great job. Um, he was on his little arc from Jaws and everything. Uh, I think uh, John Lithgow was in that movie also. Kubrick didn't direct 2010, right? No, no, not at all. It's still good though. Uh, it's it's more of a conventional kind of early 80s action movie. Um, but it still stands up. It's still uh, check it out. Two thousand ten, nineteen eighty two. If you want to see eighties uh, uh, space <clears throat> movies, check out Capricorn One, starring O.J. Simpson. Really, really underrated. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> Speaking of unpopular, I will say that. But that O.J. aside is actually a very good sci-fi. You ever see that movie? O.J. aside, it, it's about Did well, it's about like the NASA faking a Mars landing and like them trying to kill these astronauts so that they don't. Did O.J. behead anybody? No, no, he was one of the astronauts that the government was trying to kill because they faked the Mars landing and they didn't want him to tell people. Oh, gotcha. So it's a role reversal. So, so like he wrote that book called uh, If I Did It, in which he actually detailed <laughs> yeah, the exact exactly. lies he told you, well, the police. He's going to be on TV tomorrow. Did you see? There's a big special at 8 o'clock on Fox where yeah, he's going to... Yeah, he got out of jail, didn't he? Well, they're doing this thing called the confession question mark, which is oh. an interview with OJ. To, oh, he's Jesus. so fucking disgusting, man. Like, I, I don't think he knows. I, so the, there was um, it was a thing where uh, Louis C.K., uh, before he was, 
you know, that whole Perpetual thing. Perpetual masturbation. Uh, yeah, the, he was on some like morning like <laughs> talk show kind of thing. And they read like the whole, uh, I don't know if they read it on air or they analyzed the chapter where OJ of his book that was uh, not released, uh, but still was released, just not for money, um, where he talks about what he would have said if to the cops if he had actually killed uh, Nicole Brown Simpson and the guy she was sleeping with. And it's literally exactly what he did say to the cops. <laughs> It's like this whole... He's almost like just flipping about it at this point. It's so crazy. It's fucking nuts. I don't think he's smart. He's just, he's, he, does, he did it, and he like turned off the part of his we brain definitely. that remembers it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he definitely did it. Um, it was proven in civil court. He did it, and everyone fucking knew it. Uh, another good Netflix series is the one with uh, David Schwimmer and the whole uh, John Travolta. Oh, I loved it. It's loved actually it. really good. I thought it was going to be People versus O.J. Simpson, so good. It was so good. I couldn't believe how it, good that series it, yeah, was. Yeah, it humanizes shitty L.A. trial lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> and even though they botched it unbelievably badly, it, it definitely I'm humanized sorry, it them. humanizes them. <laughs> That's just funny to me. Well, no, it, it, it definitely humanized uh, Marsha Clark and, and Chris Darden, even though they blew the fucking most slam dunk trial of all time. Yeah. Through a series of really dumb decisions. I, I'm you sure can't you remember Live, LaDonna. Either one of them anymore. What? Again with my age. No, no, no. I'm just no, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying, I was alive I for it. I mean, I was I was alive for it. I remember the Bronco Chase live. But you were I'm a little not- old. <laughs> You were a little older, so you probably remember like watching it on TV. I, like I was young enough that I was like watching it, but I don't really remember a ton of it. So we, we all just like say I'm what trying, our I'm ages trying to are. talk my way out of this, but I'm I can't. 42. I'm 42. Okay. I, can't, I can't talk my way out of this. All right, like, Anthony, how old are you? I'm, I'm turning 30 this year. So. Uh, I knew you were younger. Um, so I actually just had a birthday this week. Uh, I just turned uh, 17, actually. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I've been Very driving. Very mature for, for your age. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I actually. You no, know, you're not driving. You, you, you hate cars. We, we've established. Yeah, well, I still have a driver's license. I don't drive. I just want to be able to, you know, whatever. Uh, no, I turned 38. I turned 38. Oh, okay. <clears throat> See, not that much older. All right, so you probably remember watching the OJ thing on TV too. We, I, it was yeah. We didn't watch the we watched the verdict in school because it was considered to be like historic <laughs> at that point. And I was like, this is dumb. This is really dumb. Well, they want you all in one place in case a race riot broke out, so they could easily contain <laughs> yeah, it in the in, gymnasium. In, in, in the, <laughs> In the cornfield redneck uh, <laughs> suburb I went to high school in, they were worried about a race the two ride. black people riot. They were, yeah, they were like, oh, the 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 football, the the quarterback who was like the only black kid in the whole school was like, <laughs> like he was going to riot. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, right. yeah. So yeah, oh. so what, what's your unpopular opinion, Latana? <laughs> So this week was OJ uh, didn't do it. That's really <laughs> <laughs> hell no. This week was uh, International <laughs> Women's Day or Day of Women or something like that. Yeah. And so McDonald's. I don't know if you oh, guys saw God. this. This is not an unpopular opinion unless you actually liked it. But. No, I did not like it. Okay. Oh my this is God. a popular so, opinion. Then. Okay, then. Well, then I, I thought it might have been uh, unpopular based on some of the stuff I saw online because people were kind of applauding it. And I was like, really? Oh, God, really? Like, basically, McDonald's turned the the M upside down to be a W for women. But it wasn't like one <laughs> store they did it at and just took well, a yeah. picture. They did it a couple, but yeah, a but it was couple. a PR, but you know, it's just like, yeah. Of all of the fucking things you could do for women. I mean, you know, donate like a large, you know, some money to charity, you know what I mean? Or I don't know. There's just a gazillion wonderful things you could do to celebrate women globally. And of Your all the things you can do, wage. the most, 
nothing burger. The most nothing burger. The most (laughs) the most insignificant thing you could do. My friend uh, Vaughn on his Facebook had. uh, that that Wendy's uh, to to celebrate, I guess, International Day of Men, put theirs upside down, so it's Mendy's for a day or something. But I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that. I would kind That's of fun. applaud. That's but... really funny. <laughs> yeah, imagine if McDonald's was like, "Hey, we're going to start paying paying the female employees fifteen dollars an hour to celebrate women." <gasps> Exactly. Like, <laughs> like that, no, a living wage, like, you know, a, yeah. a gazillion different things, you know, a maternity real maternity leave. leave. Yeah. 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 All the things that they could do. And no. So fucking. You posted McDonald's. that really funny tweet where they're like, well, you could just pay them a living wage. And then it was like, dot, dot, dot. DW stands for women. So I don't know what you guys are. <laughs> Wendy's could have been like Wendell's for a day. That would have been interesting <laughs> for International Men's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, mm. but no, that, yeah, that, I don't think that was in our circles, at least that wasn't an unpopular opinion. That was the consensus opinion. This is fucking ridiculous. And you don't pay your employees, including your female it, it employees. It makes you wonder who comes, to, comes up yeah. with the idea. Like somebody at some meeting was like, Hey, you know what we should do? <laughs> but you know what? That played well with like liberals who don't actually care about policy or well, people's it's, it's, wages. It's and the whole like women's that. march crowd that, you know, yeah. you can celebrate women without actually doing anything significant from a policy perspective. Well, we had to put somebody up on our ladder to flip the sign around so that, I mean, <laughs> that there was, you know, we had to ensure that. I was very, cons- I was very, uh, I was very curious about the logistics of that and if they had to literally like go switch it back the next day. <laughs> I was like, you're just like putting all these people so in know. like harm's way for a fucking stupid publicity stunt. Big boy, it- big boy changed their name <laughs> to big girl for one day. <laughs> Does that still exist? I've never seen a big boy. Maybe it's like a Southern. Uh, I think yeah. I think there might be one South. left. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple. <laughs> like, like there's a, um, like one town in every state that has at least one big boy. I think <laughs> it's a one big boy town. <laughs> Uh, yeah well we talked about a lot of shit uh in a short amount of time but i think we should probably get while the getting's good um so yeah but you know if you like what you hear from us uh please rate review subscribe on itunes uh that helps us out helps us get heard by more people uh check us out on patreon patreon.com slash move left uh we do a movie review show over there we just posted uh, an episode on how to let go of the world, which was Josh Fox's uh, 2016 documentary uh, about climate change. It's really, really opus, good. By the way, yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> he definitely so depressing. <laughs> it's hopeful. It is not hopeful. <laughs> yeah, we, we we disagreed about whether or not it was hopeful. So if you want to hear that conversation, go uh, check us out on Patreon. It's only three bucks to be a uh, Patreon, and you could uh, help support the show and get access to a bunch of movie reviews we did. There's also a Facebook page too. I don't know if. I... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What do what, mm-hmm. do we have in it? What's the extension for that? Facebook.com/slash Move Left Idiots. Oh okay. <laughs> Simple enough. Fancy. <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm now at uh, Move underscore Left on Twitter because uh, I'm applying for jobs. And I don't want people to find my Twitter. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so if you're following me already, I'll, that that that's my my name now. Move <laughs> underscore Left. Uh, and if not, go follow me. Um, <laughs> and I'm at a Polly Bent P O L I B E N T. And I'm at Chaos Bond Five Thousand. And join us next week for Move Left Idiots.
there's insanity in the control room tonight.